everyone. Happy summer. Yay, summer is here. So happy summer is here. Thank you for joining. I'm proud of you, sis. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Please go out and get some vitamin D. I mean, the sun is good for you as long as you just put a little bit of sunscreen and you believe me, you will. It gets hot outside, but I just love being outside, um, especially now because I love summer. I'm a summer child. But I have a great guest today on the show. My name is Danny Benson, founder of I'm Proud of You, Sis. You can watch my show every Saturday at 9 a.m. on Optimum Cable Channel 20. So please join me there, or you could get me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram on I'm Proud of You, Sis. Um, I'm proud of you, sis, and I'm proud of you, bros, too. So I don't want to forget about the men who do wonderful things to make our society a positive place to be, to actually exist. So I'm proud of us women and us men. But I have Jessica Dennehy in the show. She is a mom of two beautiful daughters. She is a fitness guru, entrepreneur, and she is the author of a book called Selfish is a Superpower. And I'm so excited to have her on the show because I just love her resiliency. I She actually has an Instagram. It is under her name, Je Jessica Dennehy. So if you want to go follow her. But please welcome Miss Jessica on the show. And I'm proud of you, sis. Hi. Hi. Thank How you for you? having me. Oh, my God. I love you. You look beautiful today, by the way. You, you, look, you look great. I had to wear yellow because you are, you are my sunshine. So I had to wear yellow Thank because you. you are such a light. And I had to represent that light on the show today. So I want to say thank you so much. I am so proud of you, sis. I am so proud of everything that you are doing. You're a mom. You have two beautiful daughters. You're an author of this book called Selfish is Your Superpower. You are a fitness guru. You've been exercising since teenage years, and you do it almost every single day. I Hopefully, in the show, you'll give me some tips, tips on how you actually have the stamina to go every single day. But I first want to talk about this amazing book that you wrote called Selfish is Your Superpower. So let's dive in into that. I'm so excited because actually today my book proof came in the mail. So I actually have oh, it. This is the first no, so, time I'm seeing it and holding it in my hand. Wow. So today is an amazing day because you come on my show and the book comes. This is what I mean about serendipity. I am oh, I so show show the audience the book again so they can get a, a clear look at it or where to find it on Amazon or any or in any bookstore, Barnes and Nobles, if you can order this book. It's an amazing book. I read it really quickly, but I want to ask Jessica, first of all, with with narcissism being a part of everybody's conversation this time, this time in our lifetime right now, everything's like narcissist, this narcissist, that. When I hear the word selfish is a superpower. Is it a positive thing or is it a negative thing in your theory? I'm all about the positivity and the name is supposed to make you stop and be like, hold on. Right now we're hearing about all this narcissistic stuff and how bad it is. And I agree with all that, but we cannot spend our lives acting selfless at all times because guess what? That's not going to make you happy, right? Helping people is a beautiful thing. I do it every single day, but I also have to help myself. 
And what I learned through my own journey of being a mom, because my kids are super important to me. Like we're very close. I'm a single mom, solo parent. So when I say this, I say it with love and sincerity. I became a better parent when I started taking care of my happiness first, because I couldn't show my daughters how to live a happy life if I wasn't living a happy life. And that's what I mean by getting selfish. It's not being a narcissist and making everything about you. It's about finding that harmony between pouring into the people you love, but also giving that love to yourself and how by giving that love to yourself, you'll actually elevate the people around you. So I wanted to redefine selfish so that people see it as a positive thing when it's used in the right way. I love the way you're defining, defining selfishness because you, in order for you to love anyone else, I know it sounds so cliche. You have to first love yourself because if you don't love yourself, I know people say, well, I, I don't have to love me. I still love them. But you're not really giving them 100% of you because you're not fully loving yourself. So you're kind of cheating the people that you love when you don't focus on making sure you are okay first because you are the foundation. And if you have cracks in your foundation, there's no way you can hold up everybody else because you're going to crack and they're going to fall down with you. So there is nothing wrong with taking care of yourself first in a very loving, compassionate, graceful way. And as you, I think to get rid of the cliche side of it, because I think that, that everything you said is true, but people have heard it so much. They're like almost desensitized to it. So the way I try to explain it to them is if you're living your life and you're, you're not putting yourself first, do your, do your kids listen to you? Like, I think your kids, most of our kids are not listening to us. Instead, they're mimicking us. So by being half happy, and not pouring into ourselves, we're showing our kids that it's okay to not be happy. It's okay to only be 50% happy. And for me, that's not good enough for my kids because my kids are the best. And I'm sure every mom on here is like, nah, my kids are the best, right? We all think our kids are the best. So you want them to be half happy or you want them to be all the way happy? Well, if you're just going through life, blah, they're gonna mimic you, regardless of the words that come out of your mouth. You can tell them, live a great life, go for your dreams, go dream big, go reach for the stars. But if you're not doing it, they're gonna be like, well, I love my mom and she's not doing it. So I guess I could just be blah. That's subconsciously what we're teaching them. And that's not what our intention is. So that's why I wanted to bring this to light. It's more than just developing yourself, which is so important, but it's also showing our children what's possible by allowing them to watch us make it happen for ourselves. And you know what? I totally agree with what you just said, because you remember the terminology when we were growing up is not as I say is what I it's not as I do is what I say. Like your parents used to always say, don't, don't watch what I do. I told you, I said this, so I don't, so you are right. Kids do look at your actions more and suck that in more than your words, because you could say something to them. And if you're doing something different, they'll kind of call you out on it and say, well, mom, you did the same thing too. Mom, you lied and you're mad at me. Mom, you did this and da, da, da. So you are right in the way of saying that watch what you do because whatever you do your kids whether you tell them or not will copy you yep so what else what other important topics do you want to talk to me about this book before we dive in, into other areas 
Well, the book connects to all the other stuff because this is really a memoir about the way that I've learned to be selfish because I'm not perfect. I'm not here as a parenting expert or a fitness expert or even a business expert, even though I am, I own a bunch of businesses. What I'm trying to do here is just show you like I'm just a regular person and this is how I made it happen because so many women are afraid to take chances with their life because they're scared that their kids might think they're neglecting them or not putting enough effort into parenting. And this is especially true for moms like you and I who are parenting alone. It's even harder for us to get that courage up. So I just want to show everybody like this. I'm a normal person and this is what I did. Maybe it will work for you too, right? So I kind of talk about like the ways that I pour into myself, how I reconnected with who I was before I had all these roles because I got kind of lost. I forgot that I was Jessica and I just identified by my career. I identified as a spouse. I identified as a mom. I forgot like, Hey, I'm also Jessica. And she was pretty awesome before she got lost. So like, how do I get her back? <laughs> and I think a lot of people can really resonate with that. Yeah. So the whole, the way you called me a fitness guru, I don't know if it's guru because I'm just trying to get by myself. I'm trying to figure out my own body, my own tempo, my own needs and try to pour into those things as much as I can, because doing that has made me a happier person. And when I got happier, my kids got happier, and they're ultimately who I'm trying to make, you know, rule the world one day, is, are these kids that were growing up. So I'm an open book. I'll talk to you about anything. And the book kind of goes through all these different facets of my life, because they're all important part of who I am. All right, so let's talk about this. You know, the word single mom sometimes is like stinging because we did do it the right way. We did get married, right? So we didn't end up just being just a single mom. I consider my, you know, so how do you, how do you transition? How did you lose yourself in your marriage? Did you feel like you had to get divorced to find yourself again? Like, oh, how I didn't did that work? Lost. Like, that's how lost I was. Like, I didn't even know. I didn't even know until, you know, okay, let me back up. I was a Wall Street attorney. That was like my dream job. I worked really hard to get there. I got it. It was great for a long time. 10 years later, I'm, I was kind of bored. It was right around the time I had my daughter. And when you have a kid, things start to change, like the way that you look at things, because now you're like growing up this human being. And so other things become like less important or seem like less of a big deal. Mm -hmm. And so my big job that made me happy started to make me miserable because it was taking me away from the joy of being a mom. And at the, around that same time, my then husband and I opened a business together called Mad Men Barbershop. And that was his baby. I was a part of it because I was an investor and I was his wife, but like it was his concept and I saw how much it lit him up. And it was only then that I realized I don't have that. I don't have mm. that thing that's lighting me up. Like the thing that's lighting me up is my kids. And I know that's dangerous, but I also don't know how to stop it. And I don't know how to find this balance. And that is the, when I started to realize how lost I really was because mm. when I lived around my life, I was going to work and I was momming. And, you know, that eventually led to our divorce because I wasn't happy. And that kind of goes back to the theme of the book is like, if I'm not happy, guess who's showing up to dinner? The unhappy wife who's miserable, who's starting to lash out at her husband because he's happy and she's not right. Like it affects your happiness, affects the people around you. And so I had to go, we got divorced and I realized like, man, I got to get my act together because <laughs> I was 50% of that problem. 
So that's really what made me start to reconnect to myself and, um, and being a single mom, like I don't really define myself as that because to me, I'm a mom, like that's part of who I am. And the singleness of it doesn't really matter, except I say it because I want women to know if I could do it on one income with no nanny, you can certainly do it too. Mm -hmm. I want to show them like, it's okay. Like your situation, it's not as dire as you think. If you just kind of look at it from a creative standpoint and start to prioritize yourself. No, you are so correct. And I'm, I'm happy you, you are the example of showing moms out there that it can't, it, it could be done and you can have healthy, happy babies. You don't have to stay in a situation, you know, cause I, I have like people that I know of that are still in marriages and they're staying for the kids um, and, and, uh, and aren't happy as husband and wife. And then I speak to kids that always say, you know what, I wish my parents would have got divorced because they weren't happy. And we know they were staying for us, but it made the situation worse because they weren't happy and they thought they were fooling us and they weren't. So kids are actually smarter than, than parents think. And kids are actually more emotionally understanding now more than ever that sometimes if something doesn't work, it, it maybe it has to break apart to work better. Um, then stay together and and plus the kids want to feel that they're in a home that is like you said is happy You know, they don't want to come home to the bickering and fighting every single day and pop to everyone else That we're this happy family when they and two know as soon as we go in that door things are just hell <laughs> Yeah, so I am I am proud of you for recognizing that sometimes you could parent and co-parent and not be married just to save your baby sometimes and save your babies emotionally sometimes instead of them seeing this day in and day out of you not being happy because your kids love you so much that they want you to be happy. Yeah. I mean, I agree a thousand percent. I didn't see it that way the whole time. I'm not going to pretend like I did like Monday morning quarterbacking it. You can see it so clearly now, but I think it's a scary moment and it was a scary moment for me. It's a big decision because the decisions like, about your happiness are now affecting these innocent kids. It's really tough. It's such a hard situation. And I understand how people kind of get stuck there staying around for the kids. But what I can say is there's not a day that goes by where my kids like, I wish we could go back to that because they know how miserable we both were even before we knew it. And now they see us both happy living a life that makes us happy. And so they're happier. And there's there's never a moment where they're like, I wish you didn't get divorced. <laughs> they don't say that they, they're happy about it, but they don't wish mm -hmm. for it that way either. So I think sometimes we got to give them more credit. We're kind of using them as a mm -hmm. reason to know that we don't have to deal with our stuff, you know, and dealing with your stuff is the first step of moving past it. <laughs> Definitely. So give me some, give me some points in your book of how, yourself you making yourself selfish was your superpower for moms well, out there for women out there who are watching us right now and the men too it's for men too it really is i just speak about it from a female perspective because i am female mm -hmm. so that's the perspective that i know i would imagine some dads feel this way also mm -hmm. but I'll, I'll leave with an example so like the moment where i said to myself like i gotta start prioritizing me was i had this like ideal idealistic view of saturday mornings right like we're all gonna wake up mm -hmm. together at the same time mm -hmm. and it's gonna be so mm -hmm. fun and cozy 
the reality was like, mm -hmm. I was so grumpy because as soon as I woke up, I'm like, oh my God, I have a thousand things to do. And I have to get this done. I have to get that done. I have this stress. I have that stress dealing with my own emotions. And there, my kids are waking up. They're happy. They're excited. And I'm like a wreck. And I thought to myself, man, you're like raining on their sunshine with your, with your like grumpiness, like girl, you got to get it together. Right. So at that moment, I decided I was going to wake up earlier, which wasn't something that I, I naturally do. I'm a sleeper. I like to sleep, but I, I started waking up like an hour earlier and just have my coffee and have a minute to myself before I was parenting. And what I realized was that one hour was like saving my entire day. Mm. Because my kids would wake up bright eyed, bushy tailed, and all of a sudden I was there too. I was like, hi guys, good morning, I love you, let's go slay the day, right? And I thought, oh my goodness, there's something to this. So over time, I started adding to it. Like maybe if I wake up at six, I could get my workout in and I can read a little bit and I can journal and then I could wake them up. And I started becoming addicted to this happiness that I felt by having some alone time. The more I did it and the more the years went on and I started my own businesses and I started writing books, it was really my time to be creative, to understand who I am, what I want, what's upsetting me, what's getting me lit up, right? What to eliminate from my life, what to add to it. And that became my selfish time. And I really, when I started to say this to people, they were like, oh, I never thought about doing that. And that's when I thought maybe I should write about this and tell people because maybe it will help someone. <laughs> no, because you know what? Even the advice that you just gave right now, like get up an hour and don't have the kids wake you up. You wake up first. I think that is so on because the level of where your kids are at versus when you wake up is not the same level at all. They want to have fun, breakfast, what we're going to do. And I'm sitting here like, wait a minute, I have laundry, dry cleaning, I have to go to the supermarket. I'm like, ah! And then your tone might change. And then they're looking at you like, oh, God, here goes mom again. Yeah. So I really think that me getting up like an hour, hour and a half just to get myself in sync and then have them wake up, then you are so right. Because then by the time they're happy, cheery, I've gone through the clutter of what needs to be done. So now I can meet them at their happiness too, because I took care of me first. That's yeah. so, that it's is true. so it's amazing. It's business too. Like, I don't know if you have a big business following on here, but I run a couple of companies and for a long time, because I wasn't sure about who I was, I was still trying to like redefine myself and find my, that connection. I was scared. Like I'd go to my own businesses and not be like a powerful source of light for these people, for my staff. Like I would be like a miserable mess. And I really had to like delve into myself and like who I am and what I'm good at and what I'm not and get, get this confidence to just own it. Like this is who I am. I'm not, I don't have to act like a man to be in a man's world. I can come in in my pink dress with my pink hair and my heels. I could still be a boss. I could still pour into these people with my feminine side, not just my masculine side. And it took me a long time to uncover that about myself, but it was because I was really working towards getting to know myself more in these selfish hours. That's what I call them. So if you're, if you're thinking like, I'm not a parent, this doesn't apply to me. It's you're wrong because this can help anybody at any stage, whether you have kids or you don't, whether you run a business or you're work for someone else, it's really important to come to the table knowing what you offer and knowing where you can 
get better. Even as a leader, I'm constantly like, I don't know that. I guess I should learn that. Like, and instead of hiding it, I'm just like, I don't know. Let me get back to you. I'll figure it out. <laughs> and that and that's okay. I'd rather someone say honestly they don't know than give me a wrong answer. Because we don't know everything. We're not a computer. We're not AI. You can't just say something to me and it's first out the right answer. Sometimes I respect you more by saying, you know what, I don't know, but I'll get back to you with the answer. 100%. Because at least I at least I know that it's more of a truer answer than you just responding to me and then and then I don't know if it's really the true answer. You just responded to me so quickly, I don't really know. So you are so right with that. So let me ask you something. What is something that you would that you kept and something that you deleted about yourself based Ooh. on this new experience that you found okay. out of loving you. Yeah. I love, <laughs> I love this question because one thing I've been talking about lately is like ownership, right? So I, I take in, I just wrote an article for Forbes about this topic. We get so insulted when people say things to us that we know deep down are true, right? So for example, what I've started to do is take in what people say, even if even if they're not coming from a good place, I'm gonna twist like flip the script and be like, how will I use this to get better? Right. So if someone came up to me and they were like, Man, you talk a lot, right? For example, I've had people say that to me. I, yeah, I think to myself, all right. Like aside from that person being mean or not, right? I'm just like, is that true? So whenever someone says something about me, especially someone close to me and that kind of stings, I first say to myself, is that true? If it's true, is that something I want to keep or delete? Woo! If it's not true, fine, it go away. But if it is true, think about it, right? So there's a lot of stuff that people might not like about us but that doesn't mean it's negative for our lives, right? Like there's a lot that you may not vibe with me, but that doesn't mean I want to change every single thing about myself. Like maybe some parts of me are important for my own self-development, right? So um, like, I don't know, for example, with the talking, like I do talk a lot. So then I me thought too. to myself, do I need this or do I not? And I thought, I think I can get better at this by listening more and listening more will be important for my growth. So thank you, sir, for telling me this, even if you didn't mean it in a positive way, I'm going to go back and edit myself and try to make this change. Right. But then there are other things about me that bother people that I'm going to keep. Right. Like one thing is I'm very direct. That's not for everybody. Like if you ask me a question, I'm going to tell you the answer, even if you don't want to hear it. That's who I am because that's how I want to receive information. So you may not like that about me. So if someone says like, you're so direct, you're too direct. I think to myself, is that true? Yes. Is that something I want to keep? Yes. Because I like to be transparent. And if you can read me and you can understand where I stand on a topic and I'm doing it in a way that isn't um, mean, then I think that's a positive thing for me. And that's part of the reason I've gotten this successful in my life. So I'm going to keep it. And so those are two examples of something I deleted and something I've kept. <laughs> you know why? I love that you talk a lot because you know what? I talk a lot too. And sometimes it might irritate people, but sometimes I, I blame it on social media because or texting. Because I feel like a lot of people don't really talk and communicate anymore with their mouths. I think they do it with their fingers. So when they hear someone talking, they're looking at you like, <laughs> whoa, you talk too much. And it's like, no, maybe you talk too less. 
Because I've gone out to dinner with people and I watch other couples, they don't talk anymore. And someone says, you know why? Because they text each other all day, they texting. And I'm like, wait, I, I thought a relationship was all about going to dinner and having time for yourself and having like this, this a conversation about anything, but just a, a conversation to connect. It's weird seeing couples, like I look around and they just stare at each other and their mouths are not moving. And I'm like, what are you like telecommunicating? Or it's like you have nothing in common when you're in person, but then you could just text a hundred times when you're not in person. So I like the fact that you talk a lot. I talk a lot too. It makes us interesting as long as you have interesting things to talk about. I feel like if you're just talking just to talk, then it's like maybe you talk a lot. But I think if you're talking and you're bringing something to the table, like real conversation, why not? Because we're in an era of social media. I think social media makes us anti-social because I agree. you agree, right? It, I, even with the kid, my kids, I'm just like, get off the, like they, they, as soon as I come in, they, they hide the iPad. I put like time restraints on it because I want them to just, the more I say, the more conversations you have with me, with other people, with your neighbors, the smarter you will be also, you don't only have to think that you have to be stuck to this computer to, to, to learn or engage. You, you can, you can learn from real life humans that you see every single day. And you know what it is, they're in the computer age, so they don't get it. But I feel like I'm my mom now because my mom used to tell me things and I'd be like, yeah, whatever, mom. And now that I'm older, I'm like, oh my God, my mom was right. So now I'm trying to tell my kids, like, just go out and live your life. Just, I know you're only nine. They're looking at me like, what life, mom? I don't care, just go ride your bike, go jump on the trampoline and go jump in the pool. Like it's to the point where I just give them an hour day on an iPad, which they're upset about because today the time is up. So they're coming downstairs like, mommy, can we get another hour? And I'm like, no, go find something to do. So I know I, I reverted, but I feel like the younger generation don't really have those meaningful conversations. Not all, but some like how we had when we were, were growing up. I mean, would you agree to that? I do agree with you a hundred percent. And I actually don't let my kids go on social media and stuff like that yet. But I how also, old are, how old are your babies? How old are your babies? So people could put into context 11 and eight. Okay. Um, so the 11 year old, the 11 year old is not on social media, no TikTok, no, no Instagram, no Facebook. And she doesn't have a phone and she really hates me for that. But I <laughs> You know, I feel like they have their whole lives to be that way. And I do want them to, like, I see the way they are in comparison to other children. And they're definitely more creative and social because I've kept this from them for so long. But on the other hand, you know, to play devil's advocate, I think that we also as parents have to accommodate the change in society because I see it with my daughter that like, mm -hmm. she's the odd man out. Like she's the one that's not on this mm -hmm. stuff yet. And they're looking at her like she's a weirdo. And I'm like, yeah, she's a weirdo. She's different. She's unique, you know, like, and she's not like a zombie, like the rest of them. But to her, that is the engagement that people, that kids her age are social with. And so we have to, I think, find a balance between the old and the new and bridge that gap the same way our parents did <laughs> for us. 
So I think um, when I go out and see people our age not communicating, I don't get that because I'm like, we didn't grow up like this people. But I think the younger generation, that's probably going to be normal for them, even though we think it's weird. Oh, no. Okay. All right. So what would you do for your 11 year old? Because you feel that, do you think that you will give her a phone by the time she turns 12 or 13? When is, when is going to be the time you give her the phone? Because when I had a meeting with my principal one time, and my kids didn't have a phone in third in second grade. And she told me, she was like, oh, don't worry. By third grade, you're going to have to give them the phone. And I was like, no, I'm not giving them the phone in third grade. They're going to fifth grade. They still don't have a phone. Like, they're on the iPad for one hour a day. And everyone thinks, like, I'm crazy. People say I need to, like, be more modernized. But I'm like, what are they learning on social media that they can't learn from me? I, I mean, I agree with you. So maybe I'm not the person to ask because my daughter just left, just graduated fifth grade and still doesn't have a phone. And I told her she can't have one till seventh grade. So I'm with you. And I don't think there has not been one single moment where I was like, I wish she had a phone right now. Like negative, not one single moment. She's always with someone who has my phone number. So I don't really see the need for it. And I think that's just an excuse people make because it's easier. And that's fine. Like, I'm not here to judge anybody else's parenting. I'm just saying for me, like, that's not what I want to do right now. So I told her in middle school, seventh grade, I would get her a phone and she can use it minimally. And that'll be that. But that doesn't mean social media that I don't know when I'll feel comfortable with that. That just makes me crazy. You know what's so crazy? I went to Sephora um, the other day because we have girls and I didn't know this. I know we're going off topic a little bit. But 13-year-olds, 12-year-olds, 11-year-olds are doing skincare regime because of TikTok. And I'm like, I, when I went to Sephora with my girls, just to pick up something real quickly, I saw all these young kids in there. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know why. I, I usually order online. And I asked one of the, um, the girls, I was like, why are there so many kids here? She's like, are you on TikTok? I said, no, I'm, I'm really not on TikTok. She's like, oh, that's the craze right now. It's all about skincare. So all these young girls, are actually purchasing skincare that we would purchase at our age and starting to apply on their face. So I said, wow, look at the influence of social media because they don't really need it right now at 12, 13, 11 years old. Back then it was like maybe makeup for us. That's what the girl said. Well, back then it was makeup for you guys. Like you guys wanted to put the lipstick on, the mascara. But I'm like, okay, I understand that. But the, the whole anti-aging, <laughs> yeah, I let my daughters, my daughter is already feeling a little bit odd not having, you know, electronics. So I let her get a Sephora like moisturizer or whatever. And she like, so she knows about it. So she knows, she knows about, about it because her friends, like her friends all have it. Right. So like, we'll I'll drop her off at volleyball practice. And at the end of volleyball practice, they'll show be showing her TikToks and stuff like that on their phone. And so I was like, fine, you can get a moisturizer. Like you're not wearing mascara or any makeup or anything like that. You get a moisturizer. That seems like a little like fine, you know? So I let her do that. And it is funny. It's funny. They don't need it. But um, there's this, it's just parenting is weird, you know? And I think making yourself a confident parent is part of what is important because you need to treat them <laughs> with authority. Like your authority means more if you say it confidently. So I'm like, no, I don't care if you're a weirdo. I'm sorry. Like this is my rule and that's just what's going to happen. And these are my reasons. I, I'm very open with my kids because it's just the three of us. So 
I tend to tell them about why I make decisions that I make so that they understand it. And so even if they don't agree with me, at least like maybe one day it will make sense to them, or at least they know it's not just something trivial that I'm just drawing a line in the sand for no reason. So that's my way of doing it. And I think because we're all so close, they respect it even when they're mad at me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I let her get one thing from Sephora, which kind of, I, I started doing um, a little chore sheet for her and I would pay her and I'd be like, you go to Sephora then with me and you spend your money on it if that's what you want. If you want $30 face cream, work for it. <laughs> wow. So, so Okay, so then, wait, I one second. For my Optimum viewers, thank you for watching. I'm proud of you, sis. And we will be right back with Jessica Danahy. Hello? Hi. Okay, so, okay, the moisturizer thing. I know you and my cousin were excited because there's a Sephora opening up in Merrick. I, I'm just so surprised Sephora's going to be opening up in Merrick, but I guess the teens are upping up their stocks because now they're using, like, moisturizer. Can you hear me? So, so all right, so let me ask you a question. Even if she's not on TikTok, did you explain to her that she doesn't need a moisturizer? Or do you feel like she does? Okay. She does not need anything. The girl's got the okay. skin I've ever seen. She's so lucky, a preteen, got one pimple on her. <laughs> she needs nothing. Well, okay, so let me ask you this. What have you learned from all of your businesses? Like, can you name a few of the businesses you have? And how is it, how, how do you like being an entrepreneur versus working in corporate America? Um, can you give us some, some women and some men out there some tidbits about getting into entrepreneurship, owning your business, the haves and the have nots of wanting it versus not wanting it anymore because it is, it is something hard to do. It's fulfilling because you're doing it for yourself but it's more than a nine to five job. So can you just talk about okay. your entrepreneurial experiences? Well, I absolutely have no regrets of leaving corporate America because I like to live life on my terms. And if you have that kind of mindset, then I think yeah. entrepreneurship is definitely for you. One of the things I love is like, I can, I can create the life that makes the most sense to me. So when I want to go volunteer at school or go on vacation or take a trip on the whim, I can do all those things. I can parent the way I want and I can grow my businesses and go to them when I want, when I need to. And that is a decision that only I get to make. And I love that about it. Of course, the flip side is it's, a lot and you have to decide if you're willing to take that on. So I have four businesses right now, two brick and mortars, which are two luxury barbershops that are open seven days a week. And so I never get like off time from those because there's always something happening, something needing, something needing something, you know, and there's only so much you can farm out. Like at one point you do have responsibilities you have to take care of. I also own a consulting business and I own a company that houses all of my PR and book related um, personal branding stuff. So that's four separate companies. And even though it's a lot and it often is a seven day a week job, what I do to make it mine is I create time every single day where I'm like doing something fun. And I have, I have kind of this like harmony mindset where like everything needs to be touched on 
every week. But there are days where my kids are my focus and the businesses are not. And there's a days where the businesses are my focus and the kids have to take a back seat. And it kind of goes round and round like that. Um, I, I wouldn't give it up for the world though, because the one thing I love about entrepreneurship is the limit is what you make it. So you can make as much money as you want. Depends on how much Mm -hmm. you want to work, how much you want to put into it. Mm -hmm. Um, You can take as much time off as you want, depending on what Mm -hmm. you can afford, right? Like the, the, really the cards are in your hands. And I think for someone like me, who's very, um, passionate about freedom and being able to live life on my own terms, it's really perfect for me. Um, in terms of advice, the one thing I can say is it takes a long time before you feel really comfortable. So my business, my barbershops have been open, open for 12 years. There were a lot of wow. the first, like three years were hard. Businesses need a lot of money at the start. And I think a lot of people give up within 12 months because they're scared to keep spending. And so I would say to you guys, like businesses need money. Make sure that you have the money to put into it because it's not just going to be for the first year. You know, it's going to come in waves. It's going to come in times maybe that are not ideal and it's going to have to keep coming. But if you keep putting the work in, you'll get it back if you're patient. And that's the number one thing that I realized in opening all my businesses. Um, So now I have those businesses for 12 years. My consulting business is almost four years old. What are you Um, consulting? What are you consulting? I help entrepreneurs streamline and grow their businesses because I feel like, especially here in Long Island, there's a lot of people who own a business, but they're just basically working for themselves. They haven't actually created a company that allows them to have freedom. Mm. You're so scared to let go of control. And growth in a company means you need to outsource, you need to grow in in number, you need to hire staff, and people are terrified to do that. If you want to control everything, you're going to be alone in your business forever. (laughs) If you want more freedom, you're going to have to learn to hire properly and trust people. And so my consulting business is really about helping people scale in a way that gives them more freedom. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, definitely. Where can people find this? Give out your information, your handles, especially with the consultant business, your luxury um, barbershops. I mean, I know our Long Island viewers are listening to you right now. They would want to know where to find those um, luxury barbershops. So do tell, please give the information for our audience. Well, everything's on my Instagram and website. So my website's jessicadenehy.com. And you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at the Jessica Dennehy. My barbershops are called Mad Men Barbershop, and they are in Wanta and Williston Park in Long Island. And I, you know, send me a DM, send me a follow. My books are on my website. You can buy them. Selfish is a superpower is in pre-order right now because I am vying for New York Times bestseller list. So we've got 60 days of pre-sale to hit 10,000 copies. So if you guys are interested in that, you can go to barnesandnoble.com. You can go to my website um, and find it there. And I would appreciate all the support. (laughs) Yes. And one, last but not least, let's just talk about fitness a little bit because we are in the summertime and your body is amazing. So I just want to know some of your fitness secrets for our audience members out here that want to trim a little 5, 10, 15 pounds. Well, first of all, thank you. I'm like turning red. <laughs> I appreciate it. 
<laughs> I'm really into fitness because I like to feel, I like when my body can move and feel good. Like I'm getting older and I don't want to stop moving. And so I do a lot of yoga every single day. I do a little bit of cardio and a little bit of yoga. And then mostly I just work with bands. Like I don't like weightlifting. So for the women out there who um, feel the same way, just know you can do a lot with resistance bands. I use them for my arms. I use them for my glutes, use them for my legs. So they go a long way. I work out at home only. I don't have, I don't go to the gym. I do it at my house. So you can do a lot with your own body. And it's important for people to know that because I think it's intimidating to think like where to start, where to go. Um, And then this year I started getting serious about my, the way that I eat. I don't like to call it a diet because I'm not on a diet. I'm just changing my lifestyle. So I eliminated something that I love, which is chips. I love Ah, chips and I have a chip 2023. (laughs) I like, you know what? I love chips too. And I think it's because my kids use like chips for snacks at school. So you find me munching on them, but I had to stop on the chips because their metabolism is not the same as my metabolism. They'll eat the chips and they get rid of the, the fat like in two seconds. I'll eat the chips and they'll just be stuck into my organs. <laughs> like it doesn't go anywhere. Well, I, for people that are like, well, I can't do that. I don't have the time. All I want to say is like, just make one better choice. That's really all it takes because it, it didn't start with me doing two hours of workouts every day. It started with me doing one 20 minute stint on the elliptical and just doing that and doing that and doing it and doing it. And then I started to see progress and I'm like, huh, maybe I'll add an ab workout. And I started doing that and doing it and doing it. Huh, maybe I'll try yoga. Right. So it's like, you're, it's like, you're building a cake. You do it little by little ingredient by ingredient. And the same with dieting, like just make a small choice. Like one better choice a day is better than just doing whatever you want, right? Like these small things, they make a big difference in the long run. So start small. That's my best advice because that's the best way to stay consistent. Yeah, and I don't really believe in diets because it has the word die in it. So if you diet, you basically maybe killing your body or your nutrients in your body because you're doing something that's probably not lasting. So what I would tell people is, just modify every single day like you know you start with two minutes you start with one little thing instead of drinking the soda maybe you grab a water boom you know instead of you know getting the french fries maybe you grab a sweet potato boom there there's like there's there's stuff that we love to eat that tastes really good but i always feel like there's something right next to it that could taste as good but it's probably more nutritious for you so I'm not telling people, we, 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 we don't know when we're going to die. I'm not telling people to, to die for the rest of your life because then life is, is to be enjoyed. But, you know, I'm just telling people, I think we should all think about eating more healthier, you know, trying to get rid of things that aren't good for our bodies. For instance, I was thinking about canned foods and my, my cousin was laughing at me because I'm like, can you imagine like a canned food? the food in there is like good for like two, like two years or one year. And I told my cousin, can you imagine how many chemicals it takes for that food in there just to stay fresh? Now just imagine that food being in your stomach, those chemicals being in your stomach. I'm like, wow, like what is it really doing to our body? Because for it to keep the food that fresh for like two years, 
those are some serious chemicals that's going into your body. So I, I, I don't, it's hard for me to eat fresh every single day, but I'm trying to stay away from anything that is canned um, only because I'm just thinking about the chemicals that is, that's in there that's making it stay fresh. I've been and doing like my, similar. I've been doing something for this reason. Well, I had a health issue earlier this year where like my stomach was like literally inflamed for two weeks and I didn't know why. And it ended up being something that could be taken care of with an antibiotic because I was traveling to Europe and I must have eaten something. But it got me thinking about what I put in my body. And I started thinking along the same lines of what you said. But it's really intimidating to be like, oh, you can't eat anything prepackaged because we're all about convenience and especially busy people, right? So like what I started to say to myself, and hopefully this will help someone, is cut down, not out. Because the thought of cutting something out completely is so overwhelming that you're going to just fail. You can't do it at first, right? But if you just say to yourself, instead of eating three prepackaged meals a day, I'm going to cook one of them from the scratch, whole foods, right? That's a lot less intimidating, right? Or like, I'm going to swap out one snack for a banana. So like, instead of one package of Doritos, which is where I was at, guys, I swap it for a banana. <laughs> Doritos? Yes, I do. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> not the same as Doritos. But you see where I'm going with this is like, okay, yes. I've got one choice. It's easier. So just cut something down. And I think that's better. And eventually you can add more and more. So now I'm up to the point where like, I'm really not eating a lot of processed stuff at all. But it took months to get there, like months. And honestly, if it wasn't for this health scare, it would have taken me way longer. So don't wait for that. <laughs> no, don't wait for that. And if you just do it a little bit every single day, then when you look back, like you're going to see how far you've come from where you just started. Because everyone always looks at the long term. But I tell people do short, short goals. Because when you do short goals, like, okay, this week I'm going to cut down one, one thing that is not good for me and then next week you might add on to that and next week so it's like a gradual thing instead of it being like like you know how people just do diets and they're like okay no carbs for two weeks and i'm looking at people like you know what when you shock your body that way as soon as you eat that one carb those 20 pounds come back in like two days <laughs> like, yeah, like, i don't even say diet anymore i mean technically it's your diet because you're eating it like that's so that's your diet what your dietary things are yeah, but yeah but that's not how i mean it like this is a lifestyle choice that i'm yeah. making and that's how everyone should look at food and i used to i used to like give myself i never had a weight problem so like i, I it must it's so hard like i so just so you know where i'm coming from but i used to still reward myself with food like great job today you deserve some ice cream great job you deserve some doritos i'm sorry i love doritos so like and then I thought, what am I, I'm rewarding myself and I feel like garbage. So what's the reward here? Like the reward is I eat the ice cream. I got this massive headache because there's so much sugar. Like, is that a reward? No, it's not. It's like, it's like a temporary, um, dopamine. It's like, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it's like a hit or something. It's like a temporary satisfaction. And afterwards you feel so guilty about it. It wasn't even worth the temporary satisfaction. Do you understand? Like, I'll eat the ice cream. Like, we got, like, an ice cream cone yesterday, and it was, like, double this. And I'm like, <gasps> and then this morning, I'm just like, why did I do it? Not to say, like, I went, you know, I was, like, mad at myself, but I'm like, was it really worth it? You know what I mean? Like, that, that, that little, I could have just took two licks and just threw it in the garbage. 
So that's how like my cousin eats. She'll like like something like you know how you like Dorito chips. She likes Dorito chips too, but she'll just eat one chip and literally throw the rest of the chip in the garbage. She's like, "This is how you do portions." Like I'm still getting what I want. I'm just not eating the whole bag. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I need to be like that. I need to have like that sense of control because <laughs> I can't eat one little thing and just throw the rest of it out. But like, look at like a cake some cheesecake sometimes and she'll order the cake and she'll just take her hand and go like this and put it in her mouth and go, that was good. And then she won't eat the rest. And I'm like, wow. But I mean, if it works for her, I'm like, whatever. So the goal, the theory of all of we saying with selfish is a superpower is this, do what works for you. Yeah. Do what works for you. Everyone is not like a robot, a copy. What works for me, what works for Jessica, doesn't mean it, it works for you. So our whole theme is like, find your own happiness, find your own sunshine, find what makes you smile because you make your own rules for your life. Not us, but you. That's right. I love the I wanted, you. I wanted, I am so proud of Jessica. Please go out and get her book called Selfish is Your Superpower. Please get her on a New York Times bestseller list. She needs 10,000 copies, just 10,000 viewers out there for her to get in the New York Times bestseller list in 60 days, just in time for Labor Day. So go out there and support her and her businesses. I am so proud of her, sis. Thank you, Jessica, for coming on the show. And everyone, see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you, guys. Thank you for joining. Bye. Thank you so much for having me.